Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer, and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around. You're in the right place. All right, we got a great show for you guys today. We have the VP of Growth at BuySide. She's a real estate tech veteran. Very few people who can say they've been in this industry longer than she has and has accomplished half of what she's done. Alyssa Harper is talking about what BuySide is doing in order to turn data into leads, listings, and profits. They've got a great platform. Uh, They're working with some of the top brokerages around the country in helping them deliver better data and empowering agents so that the experience for the consumer is a better experience, especially on uh, selling the properties. I'm pretty pumped about this. Uh, Kick back, enjoy the show. Well, hey, Alyssa, welcome to the show. Hey, good afternoon, Nate. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. No, I I really appreciate you taking aside the time uh, coming on to talk with us. Uh, I'm pretty pumped about this. Uh, I know we connected a while back and glad we, we got you on the show. Um, and actually, I got to say, you know, I've, I've, you know, of all the other guests, when they ask who else is going to come on the show and I, and I drop your name, just about every person has said, oh, she's great. You're going to you're going to love your conversation. <laughs> so other people yeah. have a lot of great things to say about you as well. Lies, all lies, I promise. <laughs> well, hey, let's. Uh, I love to get this star. Sh- the show started here, uh, as with tradition. Uh, I want to give you the honors. Please let everyone know who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Nate. Alyssa Harper. I am the VP of Growth for a company called BuySide. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with BuySide, we are a data analytics and marketing company. We work with about 75 of the largest brokerage firms in the country, really helping them leverage their data, specifically buyer data. Um, and we do that to help them attract and capture additional seller leads, generate more listings within their brokerage, and then ultimately get more of those listings matched to buyers uh, for more closed sides. So exciting work and a lot of great partners in the industry. Sounds really, probably really easy, huh? Yeah, exactly. Super simple. <laughs> All right. So I want to start with this one because I thought this might be a fun way to go. You know, as, I, as I'm researching different, uh, you know, companies, when people come on the show, you know, I dig through LinkedIn pages and Facebook and Crunchbase and all that. And sometimes I just see something. And I'm like, all right, let's start there. So I pulled this from your LinkedIn page. Hope I'm not catching you too off guard. It just says turning okay. data into leads, listings, and profits. Can you tell yeah. me what that actually means? What are you actually doing that does that? And why do you guys think that's important? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to provide a little context as to kind of the problem that we're solving and, and how we got to where we are today. You know, historically in the real estate industry, the focus has largely been on the supply side of the market, right? Or listings data. And there's really an incredible kind of untapped asset on the flip side of the marketplace, which is the buy side or the demand side of the marketplace. And it's really challenging for most brokerage firms to really do anything meaningful with that demand side data because it's just very inherently fragmented, right? You've got buyers that are out there searching for homes on brokerage websites or mobile applications. They exist within brokers and agents' CRMs, um, but they're also browsing on the portals like Zillow and Trulia, right? So you end up with kind of all these different buckets of really valuable information, 
uh, but it makes it difficult for brokers to do anything with that, right? Mm -hmm. So buy side really works behind the scenes. We connect with all these various data sources to create a really comprehensive uh, view of all the buyer activity that's happening in the marketplace. And with that insight, we're able to help brokers go out to a prospective seller and have a more intelligent conversation about what the real-time demand is for a home just like theirs. And that creates a really compelling value proposition in helping get more listing needs in the door to attracting more prospective sellers. Um, and then for using the listing presentation to help an agent go in and, and really differentiate themselves by saying, you know, yes, we're going to market your home and, and do all these things to try and attract buyers. But in addition, here's 55 people within our brokerage firm who we know are actively looking for a home just like yours. And I can intelligently market and reach out to those individuals. It also helps them with, you know, navigating pricing discussions, right? So being able to say, you know, hey, Mr. Seller, there's, you know, 55 buyers available at this price point. If we drop down 25 or 50K, you now have access to an additional 200 buyers that are in the marketplace. So conversations like that. Um, and then ultimately on the back end of the side, being able to match that listing agent intelligently with that buyer's agent to get the deal done faster. Um, and ideally keeping both sides of that transaction in-house. Okay, so there is, there's so much to unpack in all yeah. of that. We're talking... Uh, better data. Let's let's just call. Can I? Can I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some names out there. I mean, the discussion of what Zillow says versus what the agent says is probably a good price to sell for. We know that's a discussion. Let's not pretend that doesn't exist. Uh, yeah. We've got creating a collaborative environment between competing agents. You know, whether same brokerage or different brokerage, right? Or is it all sure. within the same? Okay. I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot going in there. Um, how does this affect the user experience? What, what does it change on the user's experience, the consumers, the buyers and sellers? Does that change anything for them? Sure. I think particularly on the seller side, so looking at the consumer experience, you know, you go out there and 99% of brokerage websites out there are very much geared towards a buyer, right? Using listing inventory as a search experience. There's not a lot of very relevant or compelling content out there for a prospective seller. And so by working with these brokerage firms and, and using that real-time demand-side data, we're able to create a search experience on their websites that's really dedicated to a prospective seller, kind of answering the two questions that they all ultimately have. The first being, what's my home worth? And the second being, do you have buyers for it? And so we can address that first question using AVM, so bringing in the Zillow's estimate, for example. We actually choose to display multiple AVMs to really highlight the fact that See, these are computer models, and it can be a good place to start, but ultimately you want to take into account what's really going on in the marketplace in real time, which is all that buyer demand activity. And we really ultimately are driving that consumer back to an agent, to a real estate professional, to get an accurate assessment on the value of their home. Okay, so that, that sounds like, you, you guys have obviously thought, really thought through this, and I, I totally understand what you're saying. Like most platforms really are geared towards the buyer, even the lead generation side of, of different platforms are all, they're all generated to someone looking to buy. I mean, that's, that's really what they're doing. You know, some have property valuation forms and all that jazz, but let, let's talk about like the turning data in, into leads and listings, right? So, um, cause I want to understand how exactly are you building this, 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 this picture of all these buyers in the field? Cause I've had the conversation sitting with the homeowner and he said, Nate, Zillow says 770, and that's what we want to list at. If you want the contract, that's where it's at. No movement, no budging. I'm like, well, 
yes, I want the contract. Of course, I want the listing <laughs> contract. Uh, but, you know, we're listing 15% over what the market is going to support based on what I see in the data. And I had nothing to show them. So how, how, what does that conversation look like? And really, how are you gathering yeah. the data to be able to paint that picture? Yeah, great question. I mean, honestly, there's, there's kind of an art and a science behind it, right? There's the raw data and there's, there's the numbers. And then there's how do you paint a picture and tell a story to a consumer while you're sitting at that kitchen table or that dining room table. Um, so I think a big part of it is, is how we use that data to create a compelling story. Um, I mentioned earlier that we use three different AVMs as part of the presentation. I think that's really key because it can highlight how broad a range you often see there. You know, we've all sat with a consumer that says, Zillow says my home is worth 1.2 million or whatever that number is. But when you can contrast that with other AVMs that represent a pretty broad range, it really helps you explain to the consumer that, hey, this is a computer model. It's based largely off of historic public records data. And by the way, no computer can walk your home and see that you added that half bath or upgraded the kitchen, mm -hmm. right? And so it really positions the real estate professional as the expert in that conversation. Um, the data piece is extremely important as well to be able to pull in all of that buyer data in real time to show, hey, here's what's going on in the market today. Here's what buyers are interested in um, by price point, by zip code, by neighborhood, by school district, by bed and bath count, um, and really have a more intelligent conversation with that consumer about how that home is going to do on the market based on the buyer demand. That was awesome. <laughs> That's so, there's so much in there. And so um, I can't help but think about this, um, you know, as, as we, we, we talk about this and you're having those discussions Obviously, this is a lot about empowering the, the agent to deliver better information to the homeowner. It's less guessing. It's working on real-time data versus the last three or six months trailing data. And so, you know, if there is any movement in the, mar the market from one direction to the next, you actually have something to point to to show that. So I'm curious, you know, a lot of markets right now are experiencing a little bit of a plateau. Um, you know, Seattle's in like an extreme case right? Where they're saying like one in 10 rentals are vacant and, wow. and, and you know, and, and prices are dropping uh, dramatically. Now they've also risen dramatically. So of course that's to be expected, but um, how does something like this play a role? Is it uh, a heightened awareness or is it just as important when, if a market shifts from a seller's market to a buyer's market? Yeah, I think there's it's a great question. I think there's applications on kind of both sides, right? I, we just came off this kind of extremely hot seller's market um, where features like being able to feature a buyer's profile, right? So for a buyer agent with a buyer in the system, being able to say, here's my buyer profile, um, really show that they are a qualified buyer and get them kind of early access to inventory, which we know has been incredibly restricted, get them early access to that inventory so they've got a better chance of getting a deal done. Um, that's been an extremely popular use case, right? Um, but now as we shift, you know, and, and things are cooling off, I think it's equally important to be able to sit with a seller and show that, hey, buyer demand has, has lessened a little bit. We need to take that into account when we're pricing and marketing your home. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, you know, right now, I've, you know, because where I'm located, homes were selling, you know, less than two weeks on average. And when that shifts to three months, it's no longer did we host an open house or 
is there a flyer, you know, to blame it on? We got to figure out like what's happening, where is it at? And so I could see how something like this would really generate, um, really give the agent a, a better position to inform uh, sellers at the same time, being able to match those buyers is what, like you said, but let's talk about, um, you know, you know, cause it, when I went, went to the site, I mean, it's very, it's like very forward thinking that it's, it's data, you know, you're using a lot of smart transaction type uh, of technology here. Um, but you know, realtors and, and nothing as realtors, but they're not always known to be the most tech savvy and you guys are pretty far forward yeah. in tech. So how are you having that conversation <laughs> with realtors to get them to adopt this, this technology to, to move forward? What does that conversation look like and, yeah. and what is shown to be most successful in being able to connect and, and get realtors to see what this is and know to use it? Yeah. Well, I mean, personally, having been in the real estate tech space for, for 15 years and having done a lot of big enterprise-level software implementations um, at the franchise brand level, at the large brokerage level, um, as well as our entire team having experience in that space, we know that not everyone's going to be the same, right? From brokerage to brokerage, we've got very different cultures, um, you know, very different kind of training and engagement plans. So really, you do have to kind of customize your approach um, based on kind of the unique dynamics of that client. I think what we've found work extremely well is kind of a top-down approach. So getting in there and working first with the leadership team, um, mm -hmm. making sure that we've got to train the trainer plan, you're working with the managers, and that you're really catering to each audience with what's relative to them, right? What's, what's going to be significant in their lives. So if you're sitting down with a manager, it's how do you incorporate this technology into your recruiting retention conversations, right? Because that's what's going to resonate with them and have an impact on their lives. Um, if you're sitting down with agents, identifying those top listing agents, which are oftentimes influencers within the brokerage, working kind of one-on-one -on -one with them, getting them up and running. Maybe you do a beta first when you're rolling out the product so that you can build up some success stories and testimonials. Ultimately, I think agents are more influenced by their peers and the people that are, are killing it in their office um, than they are any outside technology company or even the management that's talking to them. Um, so those are kind of been some, some keys that have worked for us in terms of rolling out and getting strong adoption with the agents. Now see, as a, as a fellow marketer, I, I want to know all of your growth hacking tips and <laughs> growth hacking secrets. Everyone wants to know, you know, how do I just get this to explode so I get leads for, you know, three pennies on the dollar or, or something along those lines. In, in, yeah. your, in, in your efforts and your conversations and obviously digging from your experience, have you found – um, there's any one particular channel that almost feels like this is the unicorn, this is the one we go after, or is this really a full-tier, multi-channel approach that's been driving the growth for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think to, to a certain degree, you do have to address all the different audiences and all the different tiers. Um, as a company, our growth strategy has been to go out and partner with the largest, top-producing, most influential brokerages in the country. And um, so we've brought on people like, you know, Douglas Elliman, Berkshire, Fox and Roach, Crylike, really industry leaders, mm -hmm. um, and then really double down on making sure that they're super successful. So from a, a sales and marketing standpoint, I think what's been key for us is recognizing, again, that at the brokerage level, people respect what their peers are doing and they look to them to see what's working and what's been successful. And so highlighting those success stories has been really, really a key channel for us, whether it's doing, you know, video testimonials, digging in and doing case studies to really, you know, highlight the ROI 
the hard numbers that our clients are seeing that are impacting their bottom line, that's been really impactful for us in terms of kind of getting the word out there about buy side and, and reaching more of our potential customers. That's awesome. So then that actually is a perfect segue into my follow-up question. Can an independent agent use buy side and is it, is it built for an independent agent or does it need to or do best with a team or from brokerage top down? So right now, as I mentioned, right now we're solely focused on partnering with large brokerages. So we do not yet have an individual agent offering. Um, it's a product that naturally, as you can imagine, thrives on large volumes of data. Um, and you get those phenomenal network effects that happen within a large brokerage. Um, and so that's really been our focus, at least now in our, in our early stages of growth. So why do you think it is some of these, these large top producing, because they're already killing it. They're, they're the top producers. I mean, yeah. if I was looking for hockey stick growth, I want to find people that are underproducing, right? Because even if you deliver mo- mediocre results, right, you, you get that hockey stick right in there. You say you quadrupled results, but you're going towards the top. So incremental improvements is even that much harder to, to do. So something's really got to be clicking here. Why are and you're going after the most successful? So why are they choosing to work with with buy side? What is the difference maker? I think one thing that I've heard over and over in my last you know 10, 15 years in the real estate space is that at the agent level, at the brokerage level, to really dominate your market, you need listing, right? They pay dividends down the road because you have an asset to market. You now have something that you can advertise to get additional buyer leads in the door, and our product directly delivers listing. That's really the heart of what it does is, is generate new listings for an agent or brokerage. Um, and so that's what resonates with top producers, right? A lot of them have seen their success by, you know, bringing on more listings and, and that's been their growth strategy. So I think that's why it resonates so well with them. I feel like you got to say that one more time that the listings is a marketable asset or something along those lines. And that you're, yeah. it's so right. I mean, it's so much harder to do it with the buyer because uh, if you did it every time you went under contract, everyone would be asking, what about that? <laughs> what about that house? What about that house you didn't close? But um, you're, you're so right the, on the, the marketing, the listings, um, you know, uh, obviously the leads listings leverage. Uh, I drank the KW. I was, I was just going to say, yes, <laughs> learn that, learn that early on from, from Gary Keller. I think there's a lot of different flavors or spins on that, on that. Um, yeah. methodology um, but it's true you know and it, it, it's interesting because it's kind of part of this shift that we've seen for a lot of brokerages as they've had to navigate you know the portals entering the space um, and starting to collect and, and kind of profit off of some of that data um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's an interesting time but I still think it's critical for a brokerage's success and for an agent's success to, to go out and dominate with listings. Yeah, totally. Now, are you guys seeing uh, any success in, in particular markets or are you nationwide? We're nationwide. Um, we cover just about all the major markets right now. Um, it's definitely a product that I've seen perform extremely well, especially in instances where you've got, you know, high-end listings <clears throat> where you might not necessarily want to put them on the open market, but you need to be able to, you know, accurately and effectively match them to potential buyers. Um, so, for example, our client Daniel Gale, Sotheby's out of Long Island, they have a lot of higher-end properties that they market internally as, you know, quiet exclusives. Um, and so that kind of matchmaking on the back end really helps the listing agent look like a hero to their seller. You know, before the, the sign is even in the yard, they're able to get buyers in the door. 
um, and vice versa, right? The buyer's agents look like heroes because they've got access to hot new coming soon listings. So um, I see a, a especially powerful little niche there with the high end market. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got clients just about all over the country. Now, is buy side only fit for uh, single family homes or can you also facilitate with multifamily, office commercial, anything else? You know, most of our clients are, are heavy on the residential side, so we haven't really explored the commercial side of things yet. I think um, theoretically there's potential there. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, right away, you know, matching buyers, I mean, that's kind of one of the biggest, tough, that's one of the biggest challenges, especially in the commercial space. Uh, but I understand if, you know, if you're, you're staying focused in the residential, but I, that's where my mind went right away. I was like, well, I mean, that's always the challenge in commercial. There's there's not one listing portal. There's not one listing place and yeah. some more disadvantages than the residential space uh, from that perspective. Um, well, t- I want to, I want to know a little more about uh, what you guys have done and the, the evolution over the years. I'm sure there's probably been something that you've either tried as like a new feature uh, or another growth tactic, uh, but it didn't work out. Is there something that, you know, has happened over the years where you like, you went down this path and, oh, man, this is not good. We got to pivot, turn away from that. Is there a story you can share along those <laughs> You're smiling because that, oh that tells goodness. me that so there many, is, like, multiple. <laughs> yeah, so many lessons learned. I mean, not just specific device, but just so many lessons learned, I think, in the real estate tech space. I, I would say, you know, one of the biggest ones that will probably um, resonate with a lot of players in this space is um, just finding that that partnership balance where you have skin in the game from your customers is really key. And I think as a as a lean mean startup trying to, to get traction, sometimes you get real creative on kind of partnership terms. Maybe it's a pilot, for example. Um, but you've got to have skin in the game from from your clients, especially when you're going kind of the enterprise route and you're partnering at the brokerage level. These are folks that are pulled in a million different directions every single day, right? They've got so many challenges running a brokerage. Um, and if you're going to be successful in, in rolling out that technology, you need to have, make sure that your goals are aligned and that you've got skin in the game to, to get their attention and make sure that they're making it a priority internally. Um, so I think that's, that's one lesson learned that I, I can personally speak to. That's so good. That's good. And, and maybe we could talk about some of those customers. Uh, I don't know if you're able to share, but how many, um, how many customers are you got, are you currently working with? Yeah. So Red Run 75 of the largest brokerage firms in the country. It's about uh, 50% of the Real Trends top ranked brokerages. Um, so we're fortunate to work with a lot of really, really key influential leaders. Across those 75 brokerages, we've got well over 100,000 agent users um, across those firms. And, in, and, that, and that enterprise product, is that on an annual contract, a subscription? What's the pricing model there? So it's, it's enterprise pricing. Um, it really kind of largely varies based on the size of the brokerage, you know, the different integrations that we're doing. Um, that's something that we've really doubled down on as a company. In fact, in, in 2018, we doubled our integration partner count. So we now work with over 30 technology vendors in the space to pull in various buyer data points. Um, that's something that we're really passionate about, just understanding how agents work it's it's unlikely that we're going to get folks kind of manually adding buyers day in and day out so we want to automate that we want to streamline that process um, and pull in that buyer activity from all the different places that it's happening whether it's whether it's the portals whether it's you know open house applications like spacio or showing time places like that and um, so a lot of integration partners to help drive that that automation yeah, I mean, and and that's I think that answers probably some questions I, I probably still had in the back of my mind of like, okay, so it's integrating with these platforms, but where, 
which ones and how is this building this this web of available buyers and, and you just kind of answered that there of your you're you've partnered up with these companies you're able to share some data back and forth and and are you able to say what some of those vendors are that you're you're pulling data from that enable you to build this uh, picture that's empowering agents yeah absolutely we've got phenomenal relationships with a lot of the key kind of website and CRM vendors in the space that's definitely a primary data source for us capturing those you know, buyer saved searches, registered users, favorite properties. We work with players like Reliance Network, um, IDC Global, Real Estate Webmasters, uh, folks in that space. Also on the CRM side of things, we just finished our integration with Contactually, phenomenal CRM companies. So we're able to, you know, ingest buyers from there, push the seller leads that we create back into their platform as well. Um, I mentioned Spatio. They've been a phenomenal partner of ours to pick up all that buyer activity happening in, you know, open houses. Uh, we also work with folks like CSS, centralized showing service, showing time, um, really kind of getting buyers from various ranges in that funnel from just kind of browsing up at the top, which we capture from portals like Zillow and Trulia, all the way down to bottom of funnel when they're out touring homes with an agent. Very awesome. That's so cool. All right, we're going we're gonna to shift a little bit. I want to talk some more money. Uh, now, I know that yeah. you, you joined BuySide a little bit after the founding, right? Yes. Okay, so you weren't necessarily... I've been on like, board for about a, yeah, about a year and a half now. Okay, yeah. And, and, and BuySide's been around since 2010. Did I see that right? Yes. Okay, so, so there was some funding early on. I know you guys have raised some money, um, but it seems like largely bootstrapped. I mean, you guys have been growing on your own outside of that. But the rest yeah. of real estate... There is so much money pouring into real estate tech. Yeah. And I love to get everyone's viewpoints on this because I think, you know, depending on which angle you're working, your perspective is going to be different than someone else's. But why do you think now is the time that so much emphasis on the tech around real estate, which is still very much a people and relationship business. Why yeah. is there so much emphasis on the tech around the industry? Yeah, it's, it's a crazy time, I think, for real estate tech. I mean, it's it's been a large kind of market opportunity for quite some time, right? The the real estate marketing tech space, I think, is roughly a twenty, thirty billion dollar industry. So I think it's it's nothing new for for companies to want to come in and figure out how to get their piece of that pie. Um, and in the course of my career, I've been you know lucky to be part of a lot of different companies that have had kind of different um, fundraising. So both you know publicly held and now with BuySide being privately funded. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's pros and cons to each approach. Um, as you mentioned, we're, we're bootstrapping it. We're a lean and mean kind of startup. Um, the flip side of that is that we don't have, um, you know, a board to answer to per se. And, and there's certainly pros associated with that in terms of overall strategy of the company, being able to do what's right by the customer, um, not being held to, to kind of milestones that maybe don't make sense for the company with, with where it's at. Um, in terms of that broader question of kind of why now, why all this money getting dumped into real estate tech, it's definitely a, a super exciting time. I think it's largely being driven, though, by the consumer, right? The consumer experience in so many other verticals has just shifted dramatically with things like Airbnb and Uber and Netflix. I mean, we're, we're totally living in this data-driven world. Um, and real estate is really, for the most part, lagged behind in terms of consumer experience. And so I think consumers are, are kind of pushing and, and expecting a different experience when they buy and sell homes. 
Um, and so tech companies are seeing an opportunity to, to fill that gap and fill that need. Um, and so that's why, why now is the time. And it's a super exciting time to be part of it, for sure. Yeah, and I think like some of the things that you mentioned, like, you know, it would be possible for agents to manually collaborate buyer information. That's entirely possible, but it's incredibly inefficient. Mm -hmm. And the data yep. would, would hardly ever be accurate. And these are the problems that software solves in a way that we, we just couldn't do manually. But the personal relationship with the clients is, is still there. And you guys obviously see that as still an important aspect to the business. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many interesting businesses being started now around this concept of, you know, artificial intelligence and there's so much talk and, and kind of paranoia, if you will, around the agent being replaced. Um, and what I think is super exciting about, about buy side is that we're, we're certainly not advocating for technology replacing the agent. We are advocating for technology and, and data driven insights empowering the agent. Ultimately, it is still a belly to belly relationship business. But, and quite frankly, I mean, the agent's role has evolved a ton, right? Like, they used to be this gatekeeper of data. Take it back to the listing book days when I first got started. And because a consumer, you had to go into a brokerage, sit down, and, and look at the actual listing book. And, um, and I think agents and brokerages, to a certain degree, kind of had that baked into their value proposition. And that's really shifted dramatically over the last five to ten years. So there's there's a lot of kind of buzz and a lot of paranoia about the agent and, and the broker being replaced. I don't think that's going to happen, um, at least not in our lifetime. But I do think it's important for agents and, and brokerages to embrace that technology and, and find ways to incorporate it into their workflow and how they how they interact with consumers to make that experience, uh, you know, more easy, more streamlined, just a better overall experience. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. And, and, you know, admittedly, I think a lot of the, the services and products we've had on the show are probably geared more towards either around the agent or around the tradition, uh, traditional path, if you will, in the transaction. But, you know, uh, me sharing what I, I appreciate about BuySide is that you're, what you guys are working on is, is a way of empowering the agent to deliver a better experience to the consumer and I can 100% I can align with that. I see that as uh, a noble mission. Uh, so I think the work that you guys are doing is pretty cool in that regards. Um, we are almost ready to move on to my favorite segment of the show. Uh, I feel bad for some of our regular listeners because they probably get used to me saying like some of the same one-liners over and over. Uh, <laughs> just like that one. But so before we move on to that one, I want to give you an opportunity. If there's anything, one thing we haven't touched about uh, or talked about, you know, about BuySide, or it's really important that you feel like we should emphasize about BuySide that people should know, what would be that one thing? Um, I think that the core message that I would reiterate to, to brokerages and to agents out there is that, you know, a lot of folks tend to kind of shut down on things that they don't quite understand, right? And and the word, you know, big data or data aggregation, it can get scary to people that, that don't understand it, right? The reality is, is that that innovation, that progress is happening, whether you're a part of it or not. And mm. um, so I would say, you know, take the time to kind of understand how it works and how it can benefit your business um, versus getting left behind. You don't want to be in a position a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, where you've kind of been leapfrogged, you know, in the space by people that did lean in and, and attempt to kind of learn something that they maybe didn't understand. So don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. It's there to help you. It's there to help your customers um, and at least just start a conversation around it. 
That's so good. Uh, I, I, I like that. Walk into the unknown, if you will. Take the time. Yeah. Very well worth it. All right, we're going to shift gears. We're moving into, we're going to play a game called For the Future. For the Future is a segment where yeah. I get to ask each guest uh, on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Alyssa, are you ready to play? Let's do it. I feel like we need a little drum roll. <laughs> I don't have a drum roll machine. I need to, maybe we can <laughs> add that in after the fact. All right, question number one. What does buy side look like one year from now? One year. Uh, well, we had phenomenal growth in 2018. We, we more than doubled our customer account, 200% revenue growth, and I think we're on a, a phenomenal trajectory to continue that momentum in 2018. So I would I'd be bullish in, in seeing those numbers be the same, if not even higher, in 2019. I would expect us to expand our relationships with at least one or two of the national franchise brands out there. Um, I also think from a from a technical side, I'm I'm really excited about some of the innovation that our technical team is working on right now. Um, we did a lot of scaling the business last year to really support the growth that we saw, and so now we have a pretty phenomenal foundation to start building the cooler, you know, sexier features. So I'm I'm excited to see what's coming down the road from them. That's exciting, and and congrats on that growth. I mean, that's obviously a phenomenal year. Good on you guys. Question number thank two. You, thank you. <laughs> Question number two. What does a housing market look like one year from now? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I tend to be a little bit more conservative. You know, a lot of folks are talking about a, another bubble or, or a big burst. I don't think we're going to see what we saw in 07 and 08. I think we'll see a kind of a modest cooling off um, across the country. With that said, you know, it's a crazy time. I certainly wouldn't claim to be an expert on, on the housing market as a whole. So uh, we will see. TBD. Okay. And obviously that's a natural lead into the very following question, which is when will the next big boom or bust happen? Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I honestly can't even speculate on that one. I, I'm smart enough to know the things that I don't know. <laughs> and that's one of them. So it's, it's an interesting time for sure in terms of economy and politics and all that. So um, another TBD for me. <laughs> all right. We're going to check in with you in a few months or something like that. You know, and be like, yeah. hey, that. we give you three months. What's the data say? All right. Question number four. There's no getting around this. What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? Yeah. Um, candidly, I think, you know, there's, like we touched on earlier, there's a lot of buzz about kind of the agent being replaced. I don't think that that will happen um, anytime soon. I do think that this kind of um, concept of a, a part-time agent is going to be um, an area that, that continues to see a ton of pressure, right? When you look at all these other industries um, where technologies come in to play, um, it's not the top producers. It's not the people that are providing rock solid value to their customers that are going to be impacted. Um, it's the folks that are, are you know, resisting that change that aren't embracing technology, aren't putting the consumer first um, and really treating this as a full-time business. They're going to see the, the brunt of this pressure. And I think we're going to start to see that go away. So I would see that the agent population shrinking a fair amount to be candid, but I think the folks that are providing value, I think consumers will be happy to continue paying for that value. Um, and we'll see a larger, excuse me, a smaller number of agents doing a larger amount of business. Yeah, I, uh, I tend to align with that. I, I think that uh, the agent's role will be a little bit better streamlined. 
for those who are making money, I think they'll make more. And for those who aren't doing it, you know, we'll probably dip out. And I don't, I don't think that's such a bad thing. I think that's probably good for a consumer, for the consumers. Uh, and we've had some other yeah. guests on the show who have, uh, who've said similar things as to what you've just said. So we're going to move on to the last three. Uh, Lisa, these are a little bit more focused on you so our listeners can get to know you a little bit. Um, first one is what are you reading? Uh, right now I'm reading principles by Ray Dalio. It's a good one. It's lengthy. I'm about three quarters of the way through it right now. Um, but it's been a phenomenal read. Highly recommend it. Um, I got through quite a few good books last year. I would say last year my, my favorite was The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, if I can say that on this podcast. You can say whatever you um, want. I don't, I don't like to send people, so you go for it. Uh, that was a phenomenal book. I loved that. Um, kind of counterintuitive to the title. It's, it's really about um, caring deeply, but about a select set of things that really align with your core values. So I thought that was a great one, especially in today's day and age where there's Tons of noise, tons of distractions out there. So I, I loved that one. I also liked um, Grit. I think it was Angela Duckworth. Angela that was Duckworth. another really good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was an excellent one. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of personally fascinated by the concept of kind of nature versus nurture. And so these mm. professional development books, they kind of dig into um, the science behind some of these behavioral things that really drive success in, in individuals are super fascinating to me. I think uh, if you like Grit, then uh, David Goggins can't hurt me. Uh, Ooh, okay. Is uh, his story is phenomenal. Ben Kinney just recently interviewed him on a webinar. Uh, shout out to Ben Kinney. And but David Goggins' story, you want to talk about grit? He personified it uh, immensely in his life, and I won't give any spoiler alerts. But I just recently finished that one. I, I think you'd love it. Awesome. I will add that to the list. All right. Question number two: uh, Who are you learning from? Learning from. Um, man, I've been super fortunate uh, in my career to work with some pretty phenomenal people across, um, you know, the early days at, at Realty Generator and Market Leader through Truly and Zillow, um, really phenomenal leadership. So um, I definitely have kind of my idols like, you know, Amy Gutinsky and, and Spencer Rascoff of the world. Um, I'd say, you know, early in my career, I was able to, to develop some relationships with some phenomenal people that have really served as kind of mentors and coaches to me. Um, Alex Lang's been, you know, by my side throughout the years, been a phenomenal coach and mentor. Um, you know, folks like Bob Bill, Ben Kinney, for example, he's, you know, one of those people out there that never hesitates to, to pick up the phone or, or sit and chat with you and, and is just a wealth of knowledge. Um, so those are all, you know, phenomenal influencers for me. Yeah. We got to get Ben on the show. I mean, he's literally Heck like yeah. a mile away from where I'm standing right now. Cause we're, oh my we're, gosh, no excuses. <laughs> although, although, who knows? He might not actually be in Bellingham today. He might be out in the Alaskan wilderness. <laughs> you never know with him. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna text him and be like, "All right, Alyssa said you got to get on the show. No excuses. We'll, we'll make that happen." Uh, all right. L last one here. Uh, who inspires you, or what helps keep you inspired? Oh goodness. Um, I mean, there's, there's a ton of inspiration within the industry. I mean, people like. Sherry Chris has been a phenomenal, um, you know, source of inspiration in terms of how she's navigated this industry. I think she's, she's definitely an idol of mine. Um, there's inspiration, honestly, everywhere, though. I don't think it necessarily needs to be in a, a big, iconic figure like that. It's, you know, the folks that every day are getting up and, um, you know, 
hustling and grinding and, and getting shit done, quite frankly. Um, you know, many of them personal friends of mine, you know, Amy Youngren's a phenenomenal team leader in, in Keller Williams out in Toronto and a good friend of mine. And I'm absolutely inspired by what she does day in and day out and how she's grown her team. And, you know, specifically folks that have, have pivoted in their careers, um, in their lives. I, I think that's incredibly admirable um, and something that we're all starting to, you know, having to experience as well. Even the folks at Zillow Group, I mean, they're in the midst of a pretty big pivot for that business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think being able to navigate that personally and, and then at scale for an entire business is incredibly inspiring. Nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, Alyssa, this has been awesome. Uh, everyone was right about you. You are pretty cool. I agree. Um, <laughs> I, Likewise, I, I mate. It's, it's been doing. a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate your time. Before we head out, I don't, I don't want to leave without giving people a way to connect with you as well as learn more about BuySide. Uh, where do they go? How do they reach you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate the platform for that. So www.getbuyside.com is our website. You guys can reach me personally at Alyssa, A-L-I-S-S-A, at getbuyside.com. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll put that in the notes below. We'll have some uh, links wherever this is posted. You'll, you'll see it. Um, and I, I really appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to check in later to actually get your predictions because we can't – we're not going to be able to hold you to your predictions. So we're going to have to chase you down. <laughs> Got to go us an answer. Time's up. So Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll circle back in, in a few months. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate your time. And then uh, we'll, we'll, hopefully we'll catch you around soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Nate. Really appreciate it. Take care. You bet. See ya. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Nest podcast. Hey, don't forget, you can get on the email list. You never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.